Hey, everybody. Welcome to Around the Farm, the podcast about all things ag. I'm your host, Clint Chaffer, and today we brought back special guest, Mr. Tanner Dunn. Tanner, welcome to the podcast again. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Clint. It's a, it's a pleasure being back on here. I think it's been about two years ago since uh, I joined last time. So just an honor to get back on here with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. That was a, that was a good conversation as well. And uh, and I think uh, today, I think you're going to enjoy it even more though, because uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about all the different issues that happen during planting uh, that we'd like to kind of call uh, our Field Follies episode. I think we've all had a plenty of mishaps during the planting season. Yeah, just a couple, and uh, I feel bad for my brother and dad because I think they uh, they're going to have the blunt of these stories. So look forward to sharing. You know, I thought the same thing. You know, as we were talking about uh, doing this uh, today, which was really I get to tell these stories, and dad isn't here to defend himself at all. So it's just I can just make up stuff on the spot at this point. I know, poor Doug. If he was here, man, I know he'd have stories against you. So <laughs> I think we can uh, talk about those as we get into it from last year. But you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a later episode. Maybe a little rebuttal episode uh, down the down the path here. So yeah, maybe bring the dads in on on stories about us. <laughs> <laughs> they may have to censor out a, a few things. Those uh, might might be the bad part. So you know, as we get close to to planting here, Tanner. Um, you know, again, you know, it's all the all the fun things that happen and kind of funny and humorous things. They might not seem humorous at the time, but they end up being kind of funny. What's that one story that's just at the top of your head that's like every planting season, it's always a, hey, dad, or hey, Trevin, what's, uh, you know, do you remember when? Yeah, I, I think there's one story that sticks out, and I'm never going to forget this one. Uh, last season, we it was just a beautiful planting season. Everything went right. We were in the field early everything was planted within probably six to seven days. And uh, we picked up a little custom work to do on the side. And, you know, we're like, hey, you know, let's, we got plenty of time to get this done. And I'm, I'm bebopping down the road and I planted one of our food plots for our deer because that's the most important acre of the entire season. <laughs> of course, right. Dad disagreed on that, that choice. Um, but I went ahead and did it because it was on the way. And I'm just driving down the road. Our, our old tractor doesn't go very fast, about 15 mile an hour. And I am just plugging along and I pull into the field and I go to unfold the planter. It's a lift and twist Kinsey planter. So it, it's nope. got to pivot first and then you got to lower it. Well, I hit the lever to twist the planter and it didn't twist. And I'm, you know, just instantly look back behind me and look at the hydraulic hoses. And uh, I look down, everything looks hooked up, nothing popped out. And the latch on the planter opened up, but the planter didn't move. And, and little be known to me, I'm sitting in the cab looking out the back glass can't see anything. I was like, well, I'll jump out, see if there's something stuck. And that moment when you jump out of the cab and your stomach is just in your throat, you can't believe what you're looking at. I jumped out and the whole back half of the planter is dragging on the ground. Oh. <laughs> and I'm talking not a row, the whole back half of the planter is snapped in half. And I have since drugged that planter at least into the field that I've seen. The tire on the back is smoked. It is burnt to the rubber. There's a pile of wadded up soybean on the ground that I was dragging. And I, I was like, oh, maybe it just broke right here. So I walked to the road about 100 yards and I looked down the road and there's a track down the gravel <laughs> of the center of the road. And uh, going to, to retrace my steps, there's about two miles I drug our planter with half of the broken half dragging on the ground down the road. And uh, at that moment, I could only think, what is my dad going to say? 
You know, you, you, you may not be old enough to remember this here, Tanner. There's enough of an age gap between you and I, but that reminds me of, uh, if you remember, the Family Circus uh, comics in the newspaper, and it was always, uh, you know, it always showed the dotted line from where the kid ran, right? And it was all over the place. That's what it's kind of <laughs> reminded me of. It's like your dad could have just followed you exactly where you're at by following your little track, you know? Well, that's exactly how it was. There was a gravel road, there was a, an oil and chip road, and then there was the field. So you could just track ah. every little piece that I went through and the tire that I drug actually showed every piece of that trip. It had asphalt chunks, it had gravel in it, and then it had field residue. Ah. So it, uh, it, it's one I'll never forget. And like I said, you're just thinking, what are we going to do now? You know, and we're sitting in this customer's field that we're supposed to be planting for him and our planter is broken literally in half. And, uh, and the customer actually pulled up before my dad got there. And his first words were, what's your dad going to say? And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't even know. So it, uh, it it ended up being an okay deal. You know, dad took it way better than I probably would have because um, I was probably taking it worse than he was. But uh, it's just one of those things, you know, nothing nothing you could prevent to do it. You, the tractor's going, you don't even know it was dragging because it's not a really heavy nope. planter. So that was that was a big mishap on my part. But uh, you know what? You live and you learn, and uh, the planners back together for this season for another year. So. Well, I tell you what, it's almost inevitable. I mean, we've we've seen it, and I think this is probably a common occurrence across the, across the Corn Belt, right? But which is hydraulic hoses breaking, uh, soil finishers dragging down the road, or we've all seen you know the the spots where the where the you know the tip was dragging on the on the nitrogen or, or on the um, side dress bar or whatever the case is, but it seems like that's almost about every year you'll see that that track in the middle of the road, you know? Yeah, and that's, you never think it's going to be you. You always point and laugh at the neighbor, and uh, and now I'm that neighbor that everybody's laughing at. So it, it was a good it was a good learning curve. Well, you know, I was talking to dad this morning, and uh, so we're getting ready to, to, to start uh, start putting some soybeans in the ground, and uh, and I started asking him, you know, what was his, what's the first field that you're talking about doing? And the field that he tells me is right next to the blacktop, right? Which is always like the worst place to start, right? Because you just got taken it out of, took it out of the shed. You're going to try getting everything up and running. Any issues, you know, that you're going to have now, the neighbor's going to see all this. And, uh, and it started making me, uh, making me think back. Uh, one spring, I was running uh, this, uh, this inline uh, ripper that we have and uh, trying to do some, some spring tillage work uh, ahead of the planter. And, uh, and next thing you know, I'm sitting there tooling along, listening to the radio, probably, I don't know, on Twitter or something, right? Uh, Taking a picture of the scenery? Yeah, probably, you know, doing something like that, you know. And next thing you know, I just start running out of power. And it's just, you know, and all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I turn around, it was a soybean field, and we had just a little bit of moisture. Those stems weren't going through the ripper. It packs the ripper clear full, and I was dragging the largest bunch of stems, and it had basically got to the point where the tractor could not pull it anymore right next to the blacktop. I'm looking at this going, I can't even cover this up and act like this didn't happen. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot hide this from Dad. Doug comes down and Clint drug the biggest beaver hut that oh. ever, ever has been seen. We had to get the, uh, the loader tractor out in the field and literally start pushing this pile around just so we could even plant through it. Uh, two nights ago, I was running our soil finisher, very similar thing, it, just a little dampness in uh. the ground. It, it doesn't take much to plug them. So. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. And if you're on Twitter, it's hard to pick it up when you're looking behind you. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the you know invention of you know smartphones and then added that or coupled with uh, auto steering, it, it makes those things a lot easier to happen. So yeah, and, and auto steer that that's probably the biggest mishaps that on our farm that we've had, especially with technology. That always has a hurdle at the beginning of the season, especially oh. for my dad. That uh, he's not a tech savvy guy. And I'll tell you what, the amount of problems or issues that are, that come from that is probably probably some of our biggest headaches when we start. I'm gonna guess that you've probably had a few issues, like a lot of us, with uh, with row clutches. Had any had any issues on those? Just a couple. Uh, yeah. Just a couple. Um, yesterday, um, <laughs> we hot off the press. <laughs> the uh, clutches have been new to Dunn Farms, and it, it's been one of those things. It, it'd be nice to have. We have a lot of point rows in our fields. But dad is just, he just couldn't spend that extra money. You know, he just couldn't see the benefit in it. So we, we finally put him on in the very first field. Uh, the monitor that we're looking at, it says half the, the clutches are shutting off, not where they're supposed to be. Yep. So just driving across the field and six rows shut off out of 12. And then they kicked back on and he just kept rolling. Well, he didn't know any better. He just thought the monitor was wrong, uh, that it wasn't telling him the right thing. And uh, he just kept going. He planted a whole 120 acres and didn't think anything of it. Didn't tell me, didn't call me or my brother and just kept on going. And, and finally the corn started coming out of the ground and I was walking the fields and I was like, dad, what was going on? And he's like, well, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, there's gaps everywhere in <laughs> all of our fields for corn. He's like, well, what are you talking? I'm like, here, let's go. So we hop in the truck, we drive down to the field and no kidding, there's patches of about 10 feet everywhere in our fields. And he's like, well, the, the monitor said it wasn't planned, but those, but the, the clutches, you know, I just figured they were just, it was still running and everything. And well, come to find out they were not working as expected. And mm -hmm. we had about 10 foot gaps every, every pass, probably in every field um, for probably 200 acres that year. So it, it was a learning curve for them. And, you know, once, once you figure it out, they are a big help to the farm. But, man, trying to troubleshoot them or figure out on them some days, they are just, they are tough things to work. You know, I, I tell you what, though, you know, the thing that that kind of hits me on is, uh, to, your, to your dad's point, right, which is getting used to trusting a monitor, though, it, that, that is a step, right? That, that takes some learning to, to really, truly say that monitor is telling me an accurate piece of information, right? Because there's... I, Heck, if uh, if it's a ground-driven planter, you're used to it. If it's that tire's rolling, it's planting, right? And uh, so I do think there's something to be said that it does take a little bit of while to to start trusting that. Uh, Dad and I had a had a similar instance um, with uh, with row clutches. This was the first year that we put uh, these were pneumatic air clutches that we put on, installed them across the uh, across a planter, and we go out there and you know we're trying to trying to see if they, they work. Actually, it's actually, tell you the truth, no joke, same field that I've been talking about this whole time, field four of ours, right next to the darn blacktop again. Uh, and so we're out there. Well, the first pass, we go around the field and everything plants just fine. But that first pass, you're manually planting it. And when we're going uh, north and south along the end rows, we're weaving in and out of the telephone poles, right? You got to plant every inch of your field. You got to so, farm I mean, the ditch. Oh, yeah, yeah you got to farm the ditch a little bit. And so we're going, you know, the first pass, we go in and out of the, the telephone poles, come back around, second pass, we start taking off, and row 12 stops working. It's not planting. Next thing you know, row 12 starts planting. And we're like, what is going on? Pretty soon we go up a little ways, row 12 stops planting. We get out, we go back, we check to make sure it's not plugged up, you know, full of dirt or whatever. 
Nothing. It looks like it's absolutely perfect. Get back in, take back off, row 12 starts working again. Get up a little ways, row 12 stops working. Pretty soon, we after the second time of getting out of the planner to go check row 12 to see if it's working, we realize that we're going across where we have weaved out and the row clutch is doing what it's supposed to do, shutting the row off. <laughs> Working as expected. Working exactly how it is designed to work. And I'm not kidding, Tanner. We, Dad and I both just stood in the field, I'll bet you for a couple minutes, and just sat there and laughed. Like, we're like, oh, what are we doing? It, it's always the little things. And you try to overlook everything. And it always comes back to just, you know, slow down and pay attention to what's happening. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 interesting to say the least. So we we actually with the the clutch story, we um we put twelve new clutches on our planter this year for our bean units for our pusher oh, yeah. units. Yep. We've always had them on our corn, and, and finally, you know what? After running and and you have different amounts of units that come out at the end of the field, let's just put clutches on so everything comes out equal. And yesterday was literally our first day testing these out, and ten feet shut off, stop, back up. Go again, 10 feet, shut off. And, and dad's saying certain words that I can't, you know, <laughs> say on here. But uh, it just overlooking, and, and it's simple things, like the chains were just a little bit too tight, and they would lock up on them. Oh, and yep. he, we fought it for about three hours and over and over again. It was only on one side. And it's just the, the clutches, man. I tell you what, you, you just— well, and I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, we, we've ran into it. You know, we always take the first day of planting as like clutch calibration day, right? Or shut off calibration day. And you can leave the same numbers, the same calibration in there from the year before when it was shutting off perfect. And for whatever reason, you're off by three foot this year, you know? And it's like, okay, wipe out the calibration, start all over here. So it just, it cracks me up that that's something that we do every year. Yeah, it never fails. When you don't do it, it looks good on the map and it comes out yeah. of the ground and you're about four foot gap everywhere. Exactly. Now, here's, here's, a, here's a controversial topic that I'm going to ask. Now, I got to see how Dunn Farms operates here. Uh, do you go to the row and shut off or do you gap it? That is controversial. That is. That's, so, that's, that's a controversial topic here. Depends who you ask on Dunn Farms. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. So I will leave a gap. Yep. I, I don't mind having a 12-inch offset to let my snout run through when we run the combine. Absolutely. Dad does not want a gap because of weed pressure. Yep. So I, I get both sides of the story. I we've done both scenarios and I don't think we leave weeds anywhere. Yep. And when you're in the combine, you do nothing but cuss the outside row <laughs> As it's, that flips oh, yeah. an ear off and you see the ear fall on the ground every time. Yep. So I if I'm planting, I'm gonna have a, a half row offset. Yeah. But if dad's planting, you can change the setting in the monitor and he's gonna flip it to plant right to the row. It's gotta be exactly on it and it's gotta be perfect. No, we are, uh, we're, we're with you on this at Chaffer Farms. So we go, uh, we like a 15 inch offset and, uh, and it's for the exact same reason. Opening up goes 10 times faster, right? I mean, you can go the, the same speed as you're opening up. Uh, and we look at it that if we're planting on 30 inch centers, 15 shouldn't be a, any, any much of a, you know, bigger gap or anything. So, uh, but I would ask, uh, ask you all out there. I mean, uh, drop us a comment, uh, let us know. Where do you sit on this? Are you are you team gap or are you team uh, on the row? Where uh, where's it at here? So that's uh, again a controversial uh, piece here, and that's why we have sprayers. I tell them 
We, we spray the fields to kill the weeds. So what matters if we have a, a 10-inch to 15-inch gap? Right? Yeah, no, so. no. Like I said, I, I fully agree. So I will tell you, one of the other, uh, the other funny uh, stories that always pops up uh, as we're sitting here thinking about some of the planting mishaps and, and whatnot, um, if you go back, this is before we had like tenders and everything else, right? Uh, everything was in small bags, right? And we had this stake, that dad made out of a, a fence post that was mounted on our trailer and you would take the bag and then you would shove it onto there and then you would stack them all up, all the empty bags, right? How we didn't impale ourselves on this as a kid, <laughs> I have no clue because there was like literally a sharp point on this to go through the bags. But anyway, we'd shove them all on and then you take this stake off of the, off of the trailer and go stick it on the ground and then light it on fire and you'd burn your bags, you know, and take off planting, Right. And I'm not kidding. It was at least once a year you would come back. Like, let's say you'd started planting and you'd go up over the hill. You would come back on the next pass, drop over that hill, and realize that you set the entire field on fire. And it's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? <laughs> I was just going to say, burning bags in an open oh. cornfield doesn't sound like a bright idea. No, I, no. Maybe I'm missing something here. No, but I tell you what, for some some reason, you would put it in the side of the ditch thinking there's enough green grass and nothing would go. And next thing you know, like I said, half your field's on fire. So no, we've we've had plenty of mishaps on that side of it. The Seton Fire Department knows when Chaffer Farms are planting. <laughs> yeah, follow the smoke. Follow you'll, the smoke you'll, 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 you'll find what field we're in. So well, well, let me ask you this. So you talked about row clutches being controversial and how you, you set them. Right. Um, so a big topic around our farm right now is what do we use for our graphite talc or that inhibitor on our soybeans for flow? Mm. We, we've always been graphite. Um, oh. It's dirty. It's black on your hands. Um, but we've been trying a new product that is supposed to be soy-based. And we had a little mishap last year that uh, we didn't get it to flow right. Um, but we, we see both sides of the spectrum. Do you like clean hands, healthier? Yeah. Do you like, you know, what's the trade-off there? But uh, I, I think we're going to tend to stick with graphite after our mishap last year with planting lower populations. But uh, but what, what do you guys do on your farm? No, that's a, that's a good question. So we actually, uh, Dad installed this really neat thing on our, on our tender that would dump graphite in automatically. So it would turn on as you were running it. That way you didn't have to, you know, manually dump it in. But the problem is any kind of wind whatsoever, it's just blowing graphite everywhere. Just horribly dirty. Uh, so we've done the, the talc, the 50-50 mix. We've done all of these different, different pieces. What we ended up switching to last year or the year before, uh, there's a product called Dust that we ended up uh, utilizing. And, uh, and that's what we still use today. So we just, you, you got to put a good chunk in there for it to, for it to run, is, is at least what we found. And that might be our problem uh, because last year we put dust in our planter and we were planting about 20,000 less seeds an acre. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. we were just sitting there troubleshooting the planter and it took us about two and a half hours to, to why are we planting less population yeah, what we're yeah. set at and come to find out we weren't using enough. Yeah. Um, so no. it, it, it caused two hours of headaches for us, but at the end it, it was the cleaner product and we really liked it. But, uh, but no, it's just, it's the little things on the planter that you're not paying attention to and you, and you try to jump to the, the hardest thing first is what it comes down to. Well, the, the thing is that all, it, you know, depends on whether you're planting with a, a red planter, a green planter, a blue planter, you know I mean? They all take a little bit different, you know, style of, 
that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and in VAC versus finger pickup, yep. we, Dad was looking at the VAC recommendation, and we don't have a VAC planner, so we had the up that rate on it. So it, yeah, no, but that that is what we're using. So uh, again, let us know uh, where do you stand on that. So are you talc? Are you graphite? Are you a mix? Are you you know maybe a different product? So um, how about uh, how about field work? Have you had any field work mishaps? Uh, it, it's funny you mentioned that. So we just got a new tractor this year. We, we upgraded from a, a 1978 8430 up to a 2012 uh, 8310R deer tractor. That's a big jump. About 40 years worth. <laughs> yeah. And needless to say, they've changed in 40 years. And it, it's going to be our tillage tractor. Yep. Uh, Dad has it dead set that we're going to hook this up to the soil finisher this year. And we're going to work ground with this thing. We're all excited. Well, it's an IVT transmission. So it's not a power shift. So everything's kind of automatic for you as you're, as you're moving your joystick. Yeah. And we go to hook up the soil finisher the other day and I'm backing up and I'm trying to be, you know, the tech guy and use the little shifter to not use the clutch on the tractor. Well, when you do that, it's like if you've ever seen Austin Powers when he's in the tunnel <laughs> with that little cart. Oh, yeah. And it's just forward, backwards, forward, backwards, forward, backwards. And I'm trying to back up to the soil finisher and I'm trying to just barely tap it in reverse without using the clutch. And it goes back and it goes too far. And he says, no, go forward. So I go forward. <laughs> and then it goes too far forward. And finally, he just yells. He's like, gosh, bleep out and uh, use the clutch, dang it. And uh, so finally, it took about, you know, two minutes to get hooked up to the finisher, which usually takes about 10 seconds. Right. Yep. But, you know, I'm the tech guy. I got to use the technology if we purchased it. Um, so that, that was just a little little fun story we had. And then uh, my brother, we, we jumped in the tractor a couple nights ago, and he's trying to run this new tractor for the first time. We're working ground down. I'm explaining it to him. I'm in the driver's seat. He's watching me and just turning on the inroads. Everything's shifting okay. And then he gets into the seat and we're just jerking back and forth because it, it, <laughs> it, it, it shifts for you automatically. Yeah. And he's trying to get used to it just like I was trying to back up to the planter, except he's trying to do it at eight, nine mile an hour. Yep. And he's trying to figure out the new auto steer because we got integrated auto steer for the first time. So we're trying to, I'm trying to show him how to shift. I'm trying to show him how to just hit the button. He's used to holding the steering wheel and engaging that auto steer. So he's turning the wheel and hitting the button, which kicks the auto steer off. So the tractor's driving on an angle. It's not catching the line. He's trying to work the IVT and change the speeds and the transmission. And it, it was just, he finally, I think his last comment was, maybe I don't belong in the 21st century. <laughs> So and that kind of was just the the icing on the cake and 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 I took back over there for a little bit but uh, we had, we had a pretty good comedy hour there for for a little while. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's hilarious. That uh, it it is just funny, you know. I mean, trying to uh, you know stay with the times, trying to trying to utilize some of the new technology. Um, and I don't know if you if you run into this, and I know I do. And uh, heck, you you test a, a ton of equipment for field view, right? I mean, you're in and out of out of all sorts of different tractors and and uh, different cabs and everything else. If you tell me to jump up and move your tractor, a tractor that I've never been in, right? Now I I feel as a as a farm boy, right? I I can drive any tractor that's that's out there, but for whatever reason. I get nervous as can be for the first like 30 seconds that I get into your tractor trying to move it. Like, it's like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to look like I can't drive it. Like there's always like that nerve, no matter what, if it's not my tractor, I'm going to get that. Well, yeah. And you said it right on. I, I've been in a lot of machines, but 
I don't drive the machines. Yeah. And when I come back to our farm, we, we got tractors from the 1970s and 80s. Um, so those tractors compared to the tractors that I get in, they're completely different. And you actually have one really awesome tractor from about 1983, I think, is where that's at. Yeah, we do. And the guy that sold it to us, you know, there were a few mechanical issues. We kind of got uh, maybe the short end of the stick on it, but oh, come it, on now. No, it, we did. It, uh, it actually, Clint's dad, he it's still our planning tractor today. Yeah, um, that in is 2021. That is a uh, 1983 4450 right yeah. there. That is still one of my favorite tractors. Although, I, though I, I lean towards the red paint, if anybody knows me, but that uh, that 4450 is one of my favorite all time tractors. Right no, there. It, it's been a great. It's it's a, a dependable tractor. Tractor, um, very low maintenance. You know, just an all around sound tractor, and it uh, you really can't beat it. I think for just a workhorse. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one of the uh, one of the other stories that uh, that I was uh, was wanting to tell, you know, as we sit here and have this opportunity to, you know, kind of poke a little fun at our fathers, right? And some of the mishaps they've had. I gotta throw out at least one story on Dad here that uh, that I found, you know, absolutely hysterical. We talked about already trying to farm every inch of a field, you know, swerving in and out of the telephone poles and everything. Well, Dad was doing that down where my Uncle Bill lives, right? That, uh, that 80 acre field down there. And he's going around there. There was this old windmill that was right up against the edge of the field. And it, 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 it's so old that it just has the gearbox on top. It doesn't have any of the fins, you know? And a little tri, tripod, uh, I don't know, 20 foot in the air or whatever. And dad's trying to get close to it. And every year we get closer and closer and closer, right? I mean, right, right next to this thing. Well, finally he was going around and he caught it with the, with the planter marker, the, just the, the, the frame of it, and catches that thing. And he at least got stopped. And as he stops, this thing decides to just tumble over and fall directly on the planter. And I have no clue how. I, I, I still say today, he's just, you know, one lucky farmer, but uh, did not break a single thing on the planter. Just it fell straight down. Fell straight, straight down. The gearbox landed off the planter, so it actually didn't even, like the heaviest part didn't hit anything. But of course, we had to stop, go get the, the loader tractor, and go pick up this, this windmill that was on our planter. Is there a common theme with loader tractors in the field during planting season? Because I sure feel like it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, if there's a loader loader tractor out there, it's probably not a great day. So, no, it, this is uh, it, with trying to get close to things in, in the direction that you're going in the field. I there's always everybody has a preference on what direction they want to do tillage first. Yep. They want to do planting first. Do you start with the planter on the right side or the finisher if you're looking to the right on the edge of the field or on the left side? And I'll never forget that one of the biggest arguments that, that I've got into probably with my dad is I planted all of our acres last year for the very first time. I've never planted anything besides yeah. last season. And I jump in the cab and uh, he calls me after my first pass and, and asks, what am I doing? And I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm planting. What does it look like I'm doing? And he's like, well, you went the wrong way. I said, what do you mean I went the wrong way? Well, you planted, you started on the wrong side. I was like, I didn't know there was a right side to start on. He's <laughs> yeah. like, well, you always got to look on your left side. I said, well, I like looking out my right side. 
And he's like, well, you've got to start on this side of the field. And, you know, we just went back and forth. And I'm, and finally, it's like, there's two ways to skin a cat here. The field's going to get planted. Yep. But that, that was probably one of the biggest arguments we had on, on what direction to plant. I'm going to have to go with you on this side again. I, I like to look over I like to look over my right side. Like yeah, every Anything I'm going to open up, uh, whether it's a uh, planter or soil finisher. Man, Mark Dunn's having a rough outing today. <laughs> You know, it's funny. The the other one that I speaking of of what happens on your left side when you're only looking out your right side. Uh, I was pulling into a field. I, I don't know. I was probably sixteen, seventeen at this point, and uh, we got this big thirty foot soil finisher. You know, and going to uh, and it's got this harrow. Of course, it sticks clear out of the back of it. And I go pulling through the gate hole, and I go to lower the the harrow to to start finishing this uh, this field, and. I'm looking out my I'm looking out my right hand side, right? Not paying attention to the left. The left, there's this old lean to. Like every farmer, we have buildings that we should have torn down like, you know, 20 years ago, but we left them standing. One of those buildings. The roof's caving right? in. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's called a lean to because probably the one side just <laughs> fell off of it. Now it's a lean to, right? It's leaning. <laughs> yeah, it's leaning. And so anyway, I had no clue, but I set the soil finisher down on top of this lean to with the harrow and of course bent the harrow. Uh here I am. I gotta call dad at this point in time who's out planting and he has to get out to come and, Let me and guess, fix this. Get the loader. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I think on that one it was get the, uh, the 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 big wrench, the pipe, and the uh, the torch to to heat this thing up to to get it bent back. So uh, there was uh, that 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 was one that always sticks in my head of uh, setting that thing down right on a building. So yeah, have you ever got too close to a telephone pole with the planter uh, with a with your, one of your markers? So you've put the soil finisher on a building, but have you put a marker in a building? No, luckily. Uh, so like like you, actually, last year I planted the most acres probably that I'd that I'd ever planted, and I had a few few mishaps there, like with uh, uh, lift switches and things of that nature that, that you're well aware of because yeah. you had to help me out a couple different times on that. But no, I've actually never hit anything with a with a planter, so we've never ripped a marker off or anything of that nature. So you're doing pretty good then. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's- the markers is probably the biggest, one of the biggest things we pay attention to every single season because about, I don't know, it's probably been about six, seven years ago, we, uh, we got this new Kinsey planter and it's a split row planter. So with corn versus beans, you got to move the markers out. Well, it was new to us. We've never had a split row planter and dad just assumed the, the last guy ended on corn. He ended on beans and uh, just got the planter ready and hit the field. And we went along and he was planting probably, I don't know, 180, 200 acres and finally got to a farm that had a bunch of terraces and had a bunch of turns and curves on it. And finally, he, he was going around curves and he was just really tight on every single pass he was making with the, with the markers. And he's like, he called me, he said, Tanner, I'm, I'm cheating over as far as I can and I still feel like I'm on top of that other row. And we got to talking and we're brainstorming and then it finally clicked on, you know, the light bulb comes off. It's like, oh, duh, we got to move the markers back out. So sure enough, the guy even had painted lines on the markers that says corn versus <laughs> where the painted line says soybeans. But, you know, we didn't pay attention to that. We just wanted to get in the field with the new planter. Uh, so we, we had 15-inch corn probably for about 210 acres is what we totaled up. And, and that was the gift that just kept on giving throughout the entire year. It, it came up, it looked like it was, you know, too tight. The neighbors saw it. Uh, we came back to combine it that fall. You're either combine in seven rows because it was too close or you had to leave one row. So you're combining five on the next pass. It was just, it, it was a train wreck there for a little while, but. 
You know, it, it's funny because we plant with a with a, a a splitter as well, right? So we have to do the the same the same adjustments on our on our markers. And uh, how we open up our our fields is we utilize our markers to to open up, right? And then put your markers away, and we'll use auto steering for for the rest of the time, right? And so last year. This is on our right behind our house. Uh, Dad goes out there and and ends up opening up this field as our I think this is our first field that we planted of corn. We'd planted soybeans uh, there beforehand, but uh, first field of corn. Go out there and we had we we made the adjustments on the marker. Right, we did everything that we were supposed to do. Go out there and we open this field up, and then we start going back and forth. And next thing you know, like there's we can tell there's issues, especially on the map. Well, what we didn't do, we didn't adjust the width of the planter in our GPS. So the marker we did set, but we didn't adjust the GPS. So it was doing the same thing that you guys, that happened to you, you know. And so they're same thing. I'm going to say halfway through, all the way down the hill uh, last year, there was corn that was basically on top of each other and a gap. And it took us a while to uh, to try troubleshooting that because I can't remember where it was in our monitor uh, for, the, for the tractor monitor that we had to go in and change that. But uh, we finally ended up figuring that out. And it's like, oh, because our planter monitor was right. It was the auto steering that controlled the 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 actual steering side. Thirty right? feet, it had to be twenty eight point eight feet. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. that was the issue that we ran into. We've done that before, along with the markers. So it, it, between auto steer and markers and clutches, there's always a challenge every year um, on our farm. At you know, one of, one of the other ones that I, I did have to laugh at, and uh, I got I to gotta tell this funny story. I, Mom actually may have told this story uh, last fall on this podcast when uh, her and I were in the semi, but I got to bring it up for, for some funny field follies. But uh, my mom does a lot of our field work, right? And so mom was out there with our, our Steiger and our, our soil finisher, right? And she gets, it's, it's kind of tough to turn this one. It's a, it's a tripled, tripled uh, Steiger. So, I mean, it's, it's, it takes a long way to turn around. And especially at the beginning of the year, you're trying to get used to it, you know? And so she gets out there and she goes to make a, make a turn and she has to call dad. And she's like, I, I can't get out of, if I go forward, I'm going to hit the fence. If I back up, I'm going to hit, you know, something in the back. And finally dad sits there and he asks her, he's like, well, have you raised the wings? And I think dad, if I remember right, I think he said that mom hung up on him at that point in time. So no, uh, no comment, <laughs> no, no comment whatsoever, raise the wings and you just get right out of that situation. So uh, yeah, it they, is funny when you, there, there are so many times on a farm that you probably try to overthink the situation, right? Yeah. I, I got in the cab of the, the 8310 I was talking about um, yesterday and getting the seat to air up. <laughs> on the 4450, yeah. you turn the key on and the seat raises up. Well, I get in there and I'm sitting like down here trying to hold the steering wheel. And I, I call my brother and I said, this is embarrassing. I don't know how to air the seat up on this thing. And he's like, uh, well, I don't either. You know, let me Google it. And so we're Googling. And then finally I call our neighbor buddy and he's like, uh, have you tried looking on the armrest? And I just, I looked, I'm like, Yep, disregard. And uh, <laughs> the armrest was up, so I just had to flip it down, and the switches were right there. Ah, so it, yeah. that, that was my embarrassing um, little spring mishap this year. Um, so there, it's not always on my brother and my dad. Well, it was funny because when we got our, our current planter tractor that we have, that, uh, that 275, 
Um, I think that was the first tractor that we had that had uh, a leather seat to it, right? And uh, and so anyway, with this leather seat comes a heated seat as as well with them, right? And uh, which I always laugh, like you know, I don't know, growing up like life of luxury. Le- it was like growing up, leather and heated seats wasn't <laughs> even a thing, you know, like you couldn't even get that. But anyway, this this tractor ended up having it. And uh, and I remember Dad telling the story that he's he's driving down the field or you know planting and uh, going across the field and he's like I'm breaking out into sweats and he's like I can't like you know not even paying attention but anyway, he hit the hit the heated seat and had his <laughs> it's seat eighty on. degrees <laughs> out and I got the heated seat on exactly yeah. eighty degrees and the heated seats on so we, we joke about that quite a bit too of accidentally bumping this this heated seat button now so. Yeah, it, there, uh, there's a story that I'll, I'll never forget this. We talk about auto steer, and we talk about getting integrated auto steer, but on our planting tractor today, we still just have the old Easy Guide 500. Oh, yeah. And put yeah. the motor on the steering wheel, yeah. and we, we don't have the foot and gauge to, to turn it on. So every time you're turning around, you're trying to put the marker down, you're trying to hit the auto steer button, and it starts steering, you know. And, and dad, so the first year, this is probably only three years ago. So we're, we're very new to the auto steer yep. um, world, even though we're still about 20 years out of date. <laughs> but, uh, but he gets in there, and he didn't need auto steer. You know, it was nothing he needed. He could put his markers down, and, and finally we got him used to it, And then, which was a bad thing because he calls us all the time now. Got plenty of time to be hands-free, and he's not on Twitter <laughs> like Clint, but, uh, but he, he loves calling people. So he, he'd be on the phone all the time, and he stopped using markers. He finally, he graduated. He's not going to use markers anymore. And, and this was the first year he put this on. Every night at 7 o'clock, auto steer would kick out. Ah. The satellites would go dead. Yep. And, you know, you got your green little status bar, and it goes to yellow. And when you have yellow, you can't engage auto steer. And this happened for like three days in a row. And he calls me just cussing up a storm. And he's like, well, I didn't have a marker down. I'm done planting. So that, that season, 7.30 hit, Mark Dunn <laughs> was done planting corn done for planting. the day. Couldn't do it without his markers. Yeah. And uh, so we, we kind of bring that up every single season because um, he, he gets pretty stubborn in some of his ways. But uh, he put the foot down on that one. He wasn't uh, going to plant with markers anymore. I tell you what, it's interesting though, like that that whole satellite dropping. Um, and uh, what was it? I want to say it was like 2000. 11 or 12, something like that. I can't remember what the cycle is, but uh, you get these bad solar flares, right? And if you don't have some of the, the latest GPS technology, you do, you lose you lose satellites, right? Mm-hmm. At, a, at specific uh, times of the day. And uh, that can be frustrating, especially like as you think about, now luckily the, the technology continues to get better, right? Um, but the more and more, you know, you can't plant without GPS now. Like you can't, there's a lot of things you can't do with with without some of this technology. Oh, you're you're exactly right, and, and this is the with no GPS, your clutches don't work. <laughs> yeah, and if if you have drift in your GPS, your clutches don't work even yep. more. And, and this has happened twice to me. Um, we always start on my field in the corner because we'll do the clutches there, and Dad wants to test it on my field, which, which is no <laughs> well, problem. Naturally, yeah, right? Why not? But uh, We want to test ours on your field yeah. too. So. <laughs> Come on down, plant it, plant it for me. No, uh, but no, we, the GPS, the, the very first pass around the field, and this has happened twice in the same field now because this happened um, last season with us as well. But you plant and you're looking at, we use uh, field view. Yep. So you're looking at the, the screen on the iPad and it looks like half your planter's in like the creek next to it. And we're 
I don't know, that's kind of strange. You know, we shouldn't be planting in the creek because we're not. Right. And luckily we have our marker down. And you make that one pass around the field and you come back and on the map again, now you're leaving a big gap. Right. And you're looking out and you're looking back and it's like, man, I'm right on, you know, but the map shows I'm way off. So you get to trust the technology, but apparently the GPS was drifted. Yeah. And well, that affects your clutches because everything shifted. Oh, yeah. Did not realize that. And so there was about 10 foot gaps in and out on every single pass on that field. Had no idea. The map looked beautiful when we were looking at it. Yep. And, and our sprayer, our neighbor that sprays for us, called and was heckling me about all these gaps. And I, was, and I had no idea what he was talking about. And uh, GPS drift. <laughs> yeah. The clutches thought they were here where they were actually somewhere else on, on, the, you know, on the map. And it was turning off and on wrong. So. That's the, the nuances of technology, right? I mean, you, that you is live the, and you learn. Yeah, no, you do. You, you, you learn about, uh, about some of that. So... Well, I tell you what, Tanner, this has just been a blast sitting here, uh, you know, talking about some of these little uh, these little mishaps that we've had or uh, field follies per se, right? So Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's fun kind of reminiscing on, on the issues. And it's not funny at the time, but uh, you can definitely laugh about it now. Yeah, I my favorite that we've talked about are the ones that include uh, not us, but our dad. <laughs> yeah. Like those are, that's Weren't the, they all that way though? No. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's way better. When I can blame it on somebody else, it's significantly more fun. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, I'd just like to say uh, thanks for coming in. Thanks for uh, joining the podcast again. So uh, we'll have to have you on maybe a little quicker than, uh, than, than a couple years this time, though. Yeah, hopefully I get invited back after this one. Yeah, all right. Well, I, I, I could see that happening. So, well, hey, and everybody out there listening to, uh, we want to hear your stories. So be sure to uh, to leave us a comment, uh, post a video, or post on Twitter, and make sure to use the hashtag FarmingFollies. And hey, we ask that if you like the podcast, be sure to like the podcast. Subscribe and ring the bell to get notified each and every time that we push out new content. And also, I'd like to say, Tanner, I wish you one heck of a great planting season for Plant 21. And again, thank you for joining us. And everybody out there, we'll see you around the farm.